Mr. President, could you tell us to what degree Gary and Shannon helped to shape your views on this national emergency? I, I would talk about it. Look, Gary Hoffman has been a terrific, terrific. I think he's a great guy. Shannon Farron. I don't know her. She's off the reservation, but anybody that knows her understands that. Gary and Shannon. They did a great report of me. I say, where the hell did that come from? So I just want to thank everybody. I want to wish Gary and Shannon great luck and speed and enjoy your life. And thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I don't know where I'm going to go, but I don't care. I'm on the boat. Never been a perfect show, but I I've never, I'm just going to have a quick therapy session, all right? I'm just going to use this platform to vent a little bit. All right. I have never watched a team be the better team and lose as many times as this Los Angeles Chargers team. They were the better team last night. They were the better team in Oakland. They've been the better team over and over this season and continue to lose by one score. Continue to turn the ball over. And I know that that offensive line is riddled with injuries. It is not the starting line that Phillip Rivers needs. But holy hell. <laughs> I will say you didn't have the opportunity to listen to Booger McFarlane last night on the on the uh, Monday Night Football broadcast. But he was saying something similar to that. Every time the... Chargers would make a great stop on defense, they'd get a penalty. The Every time they'd make a great pass, they'd get a penalty. Like, they were just shooting themselves in the right. foot time after they, time. They after just time. beat themselves over and over and over again. And I saw a tweet today from somebody who said, um, my relationship with the Chargers is the most unhealthy relationship I've ever been in, and I cannot agree more. Like, yesterday in the fourth quarter, I'm like, I'm trying to psych myself up. I'm like, you don't care. You don't care. Let's not care. Let's not care. And then that shot to Mike Williams. And I'm like, and we're back. Well, that. And I'm like, this is a repeat of last year. We were down 15 in Kansas City or 14, came back, won the game uh, with a Mike Williams touchdown, two point conversion, walk off conversion. And it was the same thing last night. We're down 15. And then, and then we start to come back and we're driving. And then all of a sudden, Picky McPickerson. Picky. <laughs> I did feel bad. I felt really bad for Philip Rivers because that's that's a tough that's a tough thing. I mean, I know it wasn't all his fault, but a lot of it was his fault. Yeah, and that's the frustrating and, uh, part. Letting your you know letting your team down like that is 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 rough. I mean, he has put that team on his back time and time again, um, and and that's what Melvin Gordon said last night. Something to the effect of "We're going to put him on our back, and we're going to go and we're going to play these these next five games, and we're going to do our best." And it's just sad when you see a season end in November, you know, yeah. for a, for a team that was just talked about in the Super Bowl conversation all off season. Yeah, and then and, and, to, and to hold Mahomes in that run game, and I know Tyreek Hill first, was out, but that first half was unbelievable. It how was, good inc- it was watching that defense was so much fun. So uh, it's all right. <laughs> what time did you get home? I'm going to the Niners Packers game. This Sunday night. Oh, are you really? Yeah, I've Good. decided to go to every primetime game this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I got that? home at 532 is when I walked in the front door. 
and uh, I slept for a couple hours, and here I am. Well, so it's going to be a, full of energy right now. Well, I'm full of urine and vinegar. Yeah, is okay. what I am. All right, uh, Blake. You know that little button? Also, Just keep your hand on that little I button. I ate some today. questionable meats at the game last no, night. Stop so it. we get to the stadium. We stayed in this really nice area, like the Beverly Hills of Mexico City. And I honestly can't say enough. Hey, is that Eric Swallow? <laughs> I honestly can't say enough about this city and how hospitable everyone was. It was almost like going to the South. How nice everybody was. Really? Uber drivers, service people. It was incredible. It was beautiful. It's sprawling. It kind of reminded me of Bangkok a little bit, but pretty. Um, and, and there's just beautiful historical sites and, and beautiful sculptures and fountains everywhere. And it's just lovely. And we had a clear air day as well. But we stayed in such a great area. So wherever you went out to dinner, you were fine. You know, you could have ice cubes. You know, it wasn't an issue. What? It was like the, the nicest place. Um, but then we get to the stadium yesterday and I just didn't eat all day. I was just dumb and I wasn't thinking I was doing game prep or whatever. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, I am starving. So I'm walking from the press box down to the field and you have to walk past this like outdoor food um, court concourse area. And I'm like, oh, there's some tacos. OK, why not? So I go and I stop and I get the tacos and I didn't know what the words meant. And she was like, you didn't know what the words it meant? said something to the effects of like, mixtos or something like that. And I was like, oh, it means a mix of uh, tacos. Or, yeah, let's do that. The C, you know? And so then I get these three tacos, right? And they're all different colors of meats. And they don't look, listen, it was a bridesmaid situation. Didn't they roughly be like, in the brown section? They, I mean, they were it, kind of in the brown section, but they were kind of gray. Like, it was not good. She's no, in the brown section listen, now. Not a, good, not a good situation. So I just took, like, the sauce and just poured that sauce over all, uh, over the one that looked least questionable and took two bites. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know what this meat is. I, I got to abort this. So I just, I was like, I've got peanuts and beef jerky in my backpack. That's the route I'm going to go down. I probably shouldn't admit that, but anyway. Do you need to eat now? I'm fine. Like, okay. I'm fine, but I'm still worried about those meats. Right. I don't know what that was. And we don't want to put anything on top mm. of that if you're not certain about it. Right. We don't need there to be any more uncertainty <laughs> with, with what's going on. We have a, okay, so now that you're back, we have a bunch to get to. We'll talk more in the 12 o'clock hour about the time in Mexico City. Um, but the bottom of this hour, we have to get into this Jeffrey Epstein story that broke this morning. I heard John and Ken talking about it yesterday and almost threw up. Well, they were talking about the fact that they've had um, – that that somebody referred to pinhole cameras that this guy had all over his yeah. place in Manhattan. But two of the corrections officers who were on duty the night that he died himself, <laughs> um, they have been arrested and charged with crimes. For okay. falsifying the records about whether or not they were asleep, conscious, or making rounds, that sort of thing. So we'll dig, we'll get into that. We have an update at the top of next hour about the shooting at Saugus High School and uh, why it is that uh, PG&E was taken over the coals yesterday up in Sacramento. All that's still coming up. Do we also have your chance at $1,000? No. Oh, we, we gave well, away all the money. S. I don't know if you were around. but um... I didn't get the memo. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Monica, oh, what? Can I tell you something? Yes. I'm going through something today. Oh, you are. You're going through something? Well, I want to I don't want you to don't feel like you're my the thunder. Only, I don't want you to feel like you're the only one. <laughs> my son turns 20 years old today. Wow. That is a milestone. PS, you're kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa!
Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I think I'm running on approximately five times as much sleep as you got. So, But you'll be happy to know this. Motley Crue has officially announced an upcoming reunion tour. I saw that. My nephew posted about that, and he's 17, and I was impressed. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason they said they want to re... Was it three or four years ago? They said they signed a legal document that was like the cessation of touring. They will never do it again. Yeah. No more. And then they realized there's a bunch of kids who are 15, yes. 16, 18 years they old. They need that music. Yeah. Like we needed it. I don't know about we needed it. But Motley Crue says that they will kick off a stadium tour next year with Poison and yes. Def Leppard. Stop it right now. Exact dates and venues have yet to be announced, but I can guarantee oh, you they would sell out we are going. three nights, four nights at the Rose Bowl. I will be there. Uh, the president slammed the ongoing impeachment hearings as a disgrace. Kangaroo court, he called it, while acknowledging he did watch part of the third day of public hearings. He made the comments at the start of a cabinet meeting as the uh, panel listened to testimony from Alexander Vindman, the National Security Council aide, and Jennifer Williams as well, an aide to the uh, vice president. As much as we've seen both sides kind of miss over the last couple of days, these are the first two witnesses that, number one, have firsthand knowledge of the July 25th phone call. So that does bring them some credibility. But Republicans have been able to tear down the the chain of uh, – what's the word? The chain of complaint, maybe, about exactly who these people went to and why they went to them. We'll talk a lot more about this in uh, Swamp Watch when they wrap up these two, uh, after they wrap up these two witnesses today. So last night after the game, I left from the field to go back up to the press box to dump my equipment off um, before getting on the buses. And I'm up there and Matt Money Smith is continuing to do the post game wrap up. And they're in a break and he's looking on his phone at a video and he's watching Eric Swalwell. And I'm like, I look over and I'm like, what the hell are you doing watching Eric Swalwell? You smack the phone like, out of his hands. Who does that? Who do you just catch randomly? By the way, not not unbusy, right. like in the middle of a post game right. show. Got stuff to do. Taking a minute to spend any time watching Eric Swalwell, and then I never got to the bottom of it. And so then this morning I come in and Get you guys to are the talking. Bottom about of it. it? Did you catch that, guys? She made a joke. Get to the bottom of it. Yeah. This is the bottom of it. Eric Swalwell. Live on MSNBC last night with, uh, with, what's his name, Chris? Chris Matthews. Matthews. I was going to say Chris Walls. That's not true. So he's doing this interview live, and you know he's in the Capitol building somewhere. There's a bunch of stuff going on in the background, and do I mean background? Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from Republicans... Okay. Now, he claims it wasn't him. No, it I wasn't. think it was him because no. <laughs> he pauses... He pauses. No. It's like he's trying to keep it in, and then he pauses, and it slips out. Well, is his? Look, does he have a microphone on the belt well, on his back? That's, that's the, the only, only problem. Is those those microphones are directional? Right. He's, that's so, not going to catch him doing that. I don't think so. Uh, the explanation, according to Eric Swalwell, was. That it was a coffee mug back in the studio that was being dragged across the desk. Let me hear it again. Okay, there you go. Fartgate redo. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Oh. And the complaint you know that I've what? heard from Republicans. That 
That holds Isn't that water. the same? That holds Get water. It? it holds water. You're on fire today. It's the <laughs> same thing when I would run my my big jug of water across yeah. the desk here, so, although mine sounded more metallic because yeah. it was metal. It's the same thing. But listen, right. they, this is what I loved about this. Clearly from the beginning, I knew that it was fake. Or no, not fake. It just wasn't. It wasn't him farting on national television. But isn't it a nice reprieve oh my gosh. from impeachment inquiry Not to madness? Imagine. It's a wonderful reason to watch a video with Eric Swalwell in it. I, I, th- I felt like it all brought us all together. You know, no matter where you are in the impeachment <laughs> inquiry spectrum of opinion, Eric Swalwell farting on live television, we could all agree was wonderful. Remember that good old time in 2019 with Eric Swalwell? Dropped a giant air biscuit I mean, on TV. He really so. did some real work with that in terms of bringing the country together. <laughs> well, and then the problem is, since he is on the Intelligence Committee, he was asking these witnesses some questions earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and I thought, oh, man, oh, if somebody would just play a fart sound effect right now, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, like oh, we have a noise machine. We do. Uh, Should we just play that all day long? The, the sound effect of Eric, of Eric Swalwell farting? <laughs> Our no uh, our noise machine. Oh, that fart. Yeah, it's not very good. I mean, it's <laughs> it's clearly not. That's Eric totally Swalwell. a mug. Now, now you I hear it. Right? Yeah, totally. That's like uh, one of those. Is it the blue dress or the gold dress? But Yanni now that I told you, it's Yanni, Yanni or Yanni, <laughs> Laurel, Laurel, Laurel. Whatever. That's what it was. Yanni's the guy that sings or plays some he plays instrument. Plays piano. Whatever. Yanni. Whatever, Nick. Yanni plays, plays the piano. The Get out of here with your facts. Who no. plays the pan flute, I'm not Nick? dealing in facts today. That's uh, <laughs> Zamfir. Gaspacho. Who? That's Zamfir. You guys are making words up nope. now. Nope. Zamfir, Yanni, and Rafi are, go into a bar, right? <gasps> Rafi's yeah. the children's song Exactly. Guy. Yeah, Baby right. Beluga. Baby Beluga. Nick, Blake, sorry, we're going to need some baby beluga when we yes, come please, back. Yes, please, baby beluga. I'm a fart elephant. Um, mm. Also, I uh, I told a Mark Sanchez <laughs> joke to Mark Sanchez this weekend. I got to tell you that story. Okay. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. You probably think that you are better now, better now. You only say that because I'm not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would have gave you anything. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. UN Human Rights Office calling on authorities in Hong Kong to do all they can to de-escalate the most recent standoff between security forces and anti-government protesters holed up in a university. Spokesman for the UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights said it's concerned about all of the violence by the young people who are very clearly angry with these deep-seated grievances. I don't know if you saw uh, our friend, I hope, Woody from The Woody Show, uh, tweeted yesterday that he was an eyewitness to a car crash. And uh, next hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Both Nick and I drove by this same exact spot yesterday where a very strange crash where a woman was driving. Naked. Naked. Uh, a six-year-old girl in the backseat was killed. A two-year-old was critically injured. And they haven't found the woman. It's a bizarre, bizarre story, uh, but I, but not just because of the 
bizarre nature of it. Um, there's been a lot of discussion in my house up in the Santa Clarita Valley recently about witnessing trauma like this, witnessing something like that that can be so traumatic and how it is that you deal with it. So we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up next hour. Well, the night that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in prison. Uh, okay, go ahead. I'm just used to people saying that he died. Right. That he killed himself. He got died. He got died. He got did. All right. So the two guys that were tasked with guarding him that night at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York City have been charged today over their failure to check on Jeffrey Epstein. They're accused of failing to check on him every half hour and then fudge the books to make it look like they had. I think this probably goes on more than we know it. Right. I, I This doesn't necessarily stand out as something that's so highly unusual that these guys are going to be, you know, uh, put away for conspiracy to commit murder, whatever. But Tava Noel and Michael Thomas have been charged officially with falsifying records. They have been charged with conspiracy, but not conspiracy to commit murder. They will face a district judge later today in Manhattan because they were not checking on him at the Metropolitan Correctional Center the night that he died. The the arrest came after the Bureau of Prisons Director Kathleen Hawk Sawyer testified in front of a Senate Judiciary Committee today as well. And this was specifically looking into all of this. She said the FBI is involved. They're looking at criminal enterprise potentially as the reason or how it is that Jeffrey Epstein got suicided in his own cell. According to the indictment, these two prison employees sat at their desks, browsed online, and hung out in the common area for a substantial portion of their shift instead of completing the required checks on prisoners. That they appeared to be asleep at their desks for about two hours. The indictment says that Tova Noel used her computer to search for furniture sales and benefit websites during her shift. And Michael Thomas allegedly searched online for motorcycle sales and sports news briefly, 1 a.m., 4 a.m., and 6 a.m. They were just 15 feet from Epstein's cell. The entire time. The prisoners, not just Epstein, but all of the prisoners in that cell block were not checked for eight entire hours. Guards discovered Epstein's body at about 6.30 in the morning. They entered the tier where Epstein's cell was just after 6.30 to serve breakfast to the inmates and activated an alarm after they found him unresponsive in his cell with a noose around his neck. I'm Um, wondering what the term criminal enterprise can include. You mean if it could include something like conspiracy to commit murder? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's probably a pretty big umbrella. Um, and I'm not getting any clarification at this point. During the uh, during this shift, the two guards were required to carry out five institutional counts. Prosecutors said the surveillance video shows they didn't do any. They did not do one single count, even though they're supposed to do five of them but that they logged in that they did five counts and everything came out fine. All right. I found the New York statute for criminal enterprise, and it's defined as a group of persons sharing a common purpose of engaging in criminal conduct. So just slacking off your job is not criminal conduct. It would have to be 
slacking off your job because you were in a conspiracy that you knew criminal conduct was going to go down. Well, probably. Maybe, maybe there is something. Maybe the guard said, we'll look the other way. We'll look at furniture sales and motorcycles online while you go get rid of this guy. Remember, his autopsy found that his neck had been broken in several places, including the hyoid bone located right next to your Adam's apple. Um, the medical examiner ruled the death a suicide, but that, of course, hasn't stopped everybody from saying, oh, it may have been a suicide, but he certainly didn't do it himself. That's the way it works. I want to hear more about these surveillance tapes. Oh, from his uh, from his. Yeah, these uh, tapes from pinhole cameras that were in bedrooms and bathrooms in that house of horrors in the Upper East Side. Well, remember, there's always been a question about how Jeffrey Epstein afforded his lifestyle. Why why is it that he was able to get these incredibly lavish gifts to the tune of tens of millions of dollars of homes from people, how he was able to afford an island in the Virgin Islands, how he could have a plane that you could have a nickname like the Lolita Express? How is it that he got all of this money and why were all of these rich people around him? Is it even though he was never really known in on Wall Street as like the guy who you go to to get all your trades done? No, this is the guy you go to to get young girls. And it looks like he was filming his highly connected friends as they were engaging with these young girls that Jeffrey Epstein provided. And then he was keeping video to hold over their head in exchange for money. Maria Farmer accused Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell of assaulting her back in 1996 and said Ghislaine Maxwell threatened her life after the assault. And she said in her first TV interview, I think she did it with CBS, that the FBI failed her. Um, and in her interview, she described being horrified when Jeffrey Epstein revealed to her a media room which had TVs set up with the live feeds from these pinhole surveillance cameras in the bedrooms and bathrooms of his home. And she had realized at the time I was videoed all the time, and I asked him, what do you do with all this? And he said, I keep it all in my safe. Hmm. So it sounds like it's possible that this guy was simply recording the activities of all of his rich, sick-ass friends looking at you, Prince Andrew. But wouldn't the sick-ass friends talk to each other about this and say, hey, don't go do your business at Jeff's house because he's taping it to hold over our heads? Or did they just not talk about it? Uh, maybe they were embarrassed. And but Listen, if they were embarrassed about it, that's a huge that's a huge um, weight on their shoulders that he can take advantage of. Yeah. He can say, he can up the price. He can add a zero to whatever his blackmail price is. Listen, you don't want you don't want this video getting out of you and an apparently 16-year-old girl or you and two 16-year-old girls. I feel like they were paying him for the girls. But he was like the pimp. And he'd find these young girls, he would he and Ghislaine would intimidate them, would manipulate them. And the highly connected, nasty-ass guys in New York would pay for access to the girls. And then these tapes were just insurance. Did you get a chance to listen to that Prince Andrew interview from over the weekend? I did. What a freaking... What an imbecile. It was a moronic move that they allowed that guy to talk. I've always had questions about the intelligence of the inbred royal families that exist yeah that was clear evidence that it ain't working right upstairs
he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, they're like the mountain lions. They got to uh, get find some new tail. And I don't uh, don't know if you know, but I have a medical condition brought on by an overdose of adrenaline yeah. and uh, Falklands War, and Good therefore Lord. I don't sweat. Until recently when I've worked through my problems. There's a reason we don't hear from the royals a lot. We just see their pictures, them in their hats. All right, coming up next. Yes. Who who sat in a boardroom and agreed to this slogan? Mm. Like, how, how many people agreed on this? It heard this slogan and thought, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Let's get the billboards they, ready. They almost get choked up with how moving it is. They're going to come back and they're going to fight the meth epidemic that has uh, scourged uh, South Dakota. And then Twitter goes, are you guys serious? This is your thing? This is it. This is what you came up with. Gary and Shannon. Okay, so I was going to go out on Sunday night to get some pizza because there was this great pizza place apparently near the hotel. Why wouldn't you go to Mexico City and for the pizza? So I sent shoot Matt a text. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a pizza. Um, if I if you don't hear back from me in like an hour and a half, I'm in a gutter somewhere, and that's that. And, and he's that's like, that's and he's like, no, you're not doing that, you know, because he's a good uh, big brother on right. the road. He's like, he's you're got... coming with us to go get tacos. Right. We'll be in the lobby in five. So we go, and uh, they're making fun of me that I was going to go get a pizza, right? And I was like, I still might get that pizza, and I might bring it to the stadium tomorrow and eat it on the sideline like Mark Sanchez. Don't you challenge me? And then we leave the taco place, go to our hotel bar, and who's in the hotel bar? Mark, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. So. Uh, I meet him. Nice guy. I was like, this is so crazy. I was just talking about you like a half an hour ago. He's like, why? Because you saw a bunch of Mexicans and you were like, that looks like Mark Sanchez. <laughs> like, No, but that's funny. And so I told him the story. He's like, I might be there with you. Is, is it really that good of pizza? I might be on the sideline there with you. Anyway, super nice guy. Um, at uh, 1230, we'll get into what's going on in the impeachment inquiry hearings. The um, the first two witnesses for today have wrapped up their testimony. We'll have a couple more. Uh, Volker and Morrison are coming in for the uh, for the afternoon. So we'll we'll hear from them a little bit later. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem. Hey, girl has launched a new anti-drugs campaign. This is focused on tackling methamphetamine use in South Dakota. She's described it as growing at an alarming rate. So they've branded this campaign, Meth, We're On It. (laughs) I saw this yesterday. The one I saw first was the old farmer guy, or oil guy. He's got an oil derrick in the background. He's an old guy wearing a cowboy hat, denim jacket, and he's probably, you know, looks like he's about 80. And all it says, meth, we're on it. Like, you're talking about drugs, and the verbiage has always been on drugs. Why would you use we're on it to talk about uh, tackling an epidemic? 
Are they trying to be cute? Because that's almost better to me than them not realizing how dumb that sounds and how funny that is. Like, are they trying to be cute with it? Well, she says, Christy Noem, uh, the governor, says that the whole point of it is to raise awareness, which I suppose the fact that we are talking about an anti-meth campaign from South Dakota, I guess that raises awareness around the issue of methamphetamine use, and in this case, methamphetamine death. She's talking about 13 people in South Dakota okay. who died last year. Yeah, I want to pull the car over right there. Go ahead. 13 people, and this is national news. I think it's all about the slogan, but like 13 people doesn't sound like a lot. I know there's not, you know, maybe 47 people in South Dakota, but 13 does not an epidemic make, does it, in an entire state? Well, not an entire state. I mean, we've had how many people we had die from meth in California this year? Great question. San Francisco, the county of San Francisco, is almost exactly the same population size as the entire state of South Dakota. Okay. I have no idea how many people died from meth last year in San Francisco, but we can imagine that it's probably more than 13. Here is the governor talking about uh, the tagline, I'm on meth. This campaign is going to be about solutions and hope and how every single one of us in South Dakota can partner to be on meth. Um, Really, the tagline is, I'm on meth. And what it's talking about is that each one of us, no matter who we are, that we're on the case of meth, that we're Mm. protecting our family, we're protecting our friends, we're protecting our communities from this epidemic that we see, and that we're all going to be taking some responsibility and battling it and making sure that it's not going to have a place here in our state in the future. This campaign is going to be... I love the idea of it, but if you have to put out a 30-second video attached to... Uh, a magazine ad, basically, that says it, it's confusing and you need to you need to refine your message or come up with an entire new one. Um, <laughs> because when she says the tagline is referring to that each one of us, no matter who we are, we're on meth. You know what part of the problem is, too, is they're cutting the meth these days with fentanyl as well. Like we told you about opioids being cut sure. with fentanyl, and and that's part of the problem as well. I just don't understand. It, it There are people on Twitter who have suggested that maybe they're advertising meth. Okay, let's see here. There was um, in 20, excuse me, in uh, 2016. Yes. There were 2,000 meth-related ER visits in San Francisco. 2,000. I don't know how many of those people died. Oh, here we go. In 2017, in San Francisco, 100 people died from meth overdoses. Okay, there you go. So that's 13 to 100. Same population, 13 people in in South Dakota last year. So San Francisco, you should get on it. Get on it. We're on it. Get on it. Hashtag hot rails. Let's go. We're on hot rails. Is that what you want? Hot rails. We're on them. I could probably use a hot rail or two. (laughs) (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. I've been up for three nights at the motel under streetlights in the city of Palms. Call me what you want when you want if you want. And you can call me names if you call me up. Three nights at the motel under streetlights. Wait, he's 
is he? That would be weird. I mean, it's 2019. I don't know what people are doing. No idea. I don't mean to judge. Fathers want to nurse their babies. Get at it. Bottom of this hour, Bill Johnson, the CEO of PG&E, went before uh, state lawmakers yesterday to talk about these public safety power shutoffs. We're going to have some weird weather. I think it's supposed to rain overnight tonight into tomorrow. Rain is... um, Precipitate rain. Rain is water that rain comes is from the precipitation. Sky. Yeah, that comes. So I just don't want anybody to freak out tomorrow when they're driving to work and they can't figure out what's going on. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about how this. Uh, we might see some more power shutoffs over the next couple of days up in Northern California. Coming up at the bottom of the hour. Well, it looks like students can pick up their belongings. Uh, there are some counselors available at Saugus High. Andrew Mullenbeck has all the latest and joins us now. Andrew. Hey, good morning. This is the first opportunity that students have had to get back on campus or really anywhere close to on campus since Thursday when the shooting happened. Of course, that shooting killed two students in the quad area and also the shooter, bringing the total to three. The shooter died a day later. So this is an opportunity for students to go back and pick up whatever they left behind. Some students were already in class, and they may have barricaded themselves in. Others were in the quad area, and just watching students coming on and leaving campus, some of the items they left, it's everything from a cell phone to a trombone. Uh, That's what students are picking up today. And I've got a little montage here from students about what they've been picking up and what today has been like going back for the first time since all this happened. It was pretty traumatizing because, like, that's where it all happened. It was surreal. I kind of walked in and had goosebumps. Uh, I was shaking. It was really hard. And um, I know for this community, the school, it's going to be really hard to go back. But today was it was a hard day. I left my backpack, my wallet, my chapstick, everything important. How did it happen? Did you just drop everything and run? Well, I was sitting in a classroom at the time, and some kid had walked in my classroom, and as the door was closing behind him, um, we heard the gunshots. To be honest, I think we wouldn't have heard him if he hadn't had walked in at that moment because there was a lot of chatter going on in our room. But um, I just had to leave everything behind. So there is quite a bit going on today and will be throughout the week. As you mentioned, there are going to be counselors, and not just counselors, but the actual teachers are on campus, at least some of them, to be able to try to give support to the students. There are going to be optional activities throughout the week to try to help students get through this. But as far as resuming a class schedule, that actually isn't going to happen until December. So after the Thanksgiving break, it'll be December 2nd when students actually go back to class and try to resume normal. Um, So explain what's going on for the rest of this week. If today they're coming in to get stuff that was left on campus, um, there will be counseling available to them on campus tomorrow and Thursday as well? Right, and and that's going to start at 10 o'clock. I've got a cut. I think it explains it a little bit. This is Deputy Superintendent Mike Kuhlman saying that the students can get a lot of support. There are law enforcement officials, mental health professionals, teachers, administrators, parents, everybody there um, uh, supporting students as they walk on campus. And that's going to continue for a couple of days. We tried to find out what the school means by activities. They describe there are optional activities for the rest of the week. Didn't get a lot of specifics on that, but I think more than anything, it's just an opportunity for students to have some semblance of organization to be together, uh, to do something, just to try to work out all that they've been through and do so collectively. 
And I think you heard in one of the cuts that we played there, uh, just one student talking about having goosebumps. And it, it was just quite an experience for them to go back to where they left everything Thursday morning and where they haven't returned since then. And now knowing that two of their classmates have died, well, really three, I guess I should say, three of their classmates have died with the, the shooter also included in that number. And now for a couple of weeks, they're away from from campus unless they choose to, to go back and get some support. But then December 2nd is when classes resume. Andrew, thanks you so much. You got it. It looks like the Santa Clarita Valley Sheriff Station says deputies are investigating multiple false threats against schools in the same district as Saugus. These were threats found on social media. It includes an investigation into a vague post referencing November 18th, the day when most schools in the district yesterday were scheduled to reopen after the shooting. I've been, since my daughter's in the district, uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, concerned comments, I guess, Facebook, Twitter, from from parents or you know family members in the community who have said, are they checking on this one? Are they checking on that one? I also have a good friend who works in the sheriff's department who says, trust me, we've got all of those that you think you're coming up with and more, and we've investigated all of them, run them down to the ground to make sure that there's nothing to them. Looks like it's not just that district. Uh, again, th- these happen from time to time. They just don't make the news. But, you know, we get alerts uh, that, that cross the wire all the time about lockdowns or about, uh, you know, fake threats and things like that. But because the shooting has just happened, they're going to be written up. Um, administrators at Wilson High in Long Beach sent an alert to parents on Friday saying that they received a threat over the phone about 11 a.m., So they held students from going to lunch for about 25 minutes at Carson High on Monday. There was a threat that led to a lockdown. Whittier Christian High in La Habra canceled classes yesterday after a shooting threat was found on social media. Uh, San Dimas was on lockdown yesterday after a possible threat. In Riverside, police arrested a 17-year-old for a threatening post. That one was directed at Ramona High. Yeah, I I had to tell my daughter, you know, she was uh, pretty shaken up by the lockdown from Thursday, even though there was no threat to her school. They didn't really explain that to the students right away. They just put them through the normal uh, full lockdown, which is doors locked, phones off, blinds drawn. That's pile the furniture in front of the door and all that. Uh, But I had to tell her that this is going to continue. You're going to have some a-holes out there who think it's going to be either funny uh, or I don't know, make a political statement of some kind by continuing threats like this and that, unfortunately, they may have to go through another lockdown. But the chances that it is going to happen again are so minuscule uh, not to not to ignore them, not to do something wrong or think that, you know, it's okay to just relax, but to understand that it is uh, almost always a uh, a false threat. Bizarre accident. Yesterday in Stevenson Ranch, young girl died, another child critically injured. It looks like mom crashed twice, driving with no clothes in Stevenson Ranch. We've got an update when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Set me free.
he just walked by outside. Yeah. And looked in here. Like, well, you what? guys were playing that game. Yeah. Should we say what the game is? Nope. But I do think it's funny that Nick knows you're running on little sleep, <laughs> mixed meats. He's instigating. Yeah, and he's poking the bear. Makes here. for a good show. It, uh, you could say that. My buddy tried to get me to play that in a Costco, and I said it real quiet, and he didn't want to lose, so he just screamed it as loud as he could. Second time through, just screamed it. The whole is it story. the penis game? Yes. Wow. It is. Uh, yeah. So here's the game. Here's the game. Yeah. Oh, all this right. This is for off the air. Oh, that was too it's far? A, it's a medical term, guys. I yeah. think we're okay. That was the bar? <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. The phone's ringing. I got to get that. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman uh, testified this morning, as did... Uh, <laughs> I apologize. We're so mature. Monica and I are literally nine years old. An aide to uh, the vice president. They were the first two witnesses today in the impeachment inquiry. There will be a couple of others a little bit later today. Kurt Volker, special envoy to Ukraine, and Tim Morrison, outgoing top Russia expert on the uh, National Security Council. We'll talk about that coming up in Swamp Watch at the... uh, at the 1230 segment, a couple of, uh, or I should say four, four Orange County Sheriff's deputies have been fired after an audit found abuses in the handling of evidence. Auditors discovered nearly a third of evidence collected from 2016 to 18 was booked after the one-day policy. Some bookings were late by more than a month, which has uh, raised a lot of questions about chain of custody in a lot of different cases up there. A bizarre crash and scene and tragic at that in Stevenson Ranch yesterday. A woman was with her two daughters, ages six and two, in the car. The girls were in the back seat. The woman was driving the car naked, got into two different crashes, and it looks like the car caught fire just be- just before it caught fire. There were some nearby Good Samaritans that rushed to the wreckage to remove those little girls. I first saw this. Uh, our friend Woody from the Woody Show apparently drove by this either right after or right as it was happening. And you can imagine the trauma of not just for him, but anybody who may have seen this. First of all, seeing a car crash that spectacular where someone blows through an intersection like that, takes out a light pole or a signal, whatever it was and then basically wraps the car around a tree without hitting any other vehicles is pretty spectacular. And then to see people running into what was a burning car at that time, caught fire almost immediately, and trying to pull children out of the back seat. Brian Timmerman was one of several Good Samaritans, and he said about the uh, naked mother, she was in the middle console area with no seatbelt. She was completely nude, no clothes. An off-duty nurse performed CPR on the six-year-old girl. She wasn't responsive. She was barely breathing. She was foaming at the mouth, turning blue. Walter Gomez is another guy who turned up on scene, tried to console the two-year-old. He said, I just held her hand and rubbed her head. I was praying inside, making sure she was okay. I can't even imagine. The six-year-old girl later died. Two-year-old was listed in critical condition and later said to be stable. Now, I got an update from uh, one of our colleagues that the woman is at Henry Mayo, and the CHP says no drugs or alcohol involved, but we don't know why she was driving like that or 
uh, naked or why she was driving erratically like that. And this thing was was there. The car itself was there for hours yesterday as they did this investigation. And the entire intersection was shut down for, for most of the day yesterday. Um, one of the people, Jerry Jordan, an occupational therapist with the school district in the area, was driving on Pico Canyon Road when he saw the scene in front of him. And he told the uh, he told a newspaper, I ran towards the car. I couldn't open the doors on the passenger side, so I came over to the driver's side and noticed that there were two kids in the back seat. So I opened the back door on the driver's side, tried to undo the seat belts, and couldn't undo them. So I started screaming at that point because people were starting to get there, and I asked if anyone had a knife. Someone produced a knife. I cut the two girls out of the back, which at the time I was wondering if I should – People were trying to decide if they should get away from the car or not because the fire was getting bigger and bigger. We managed to get them both out of their seatbelts. Says, I pulled one out and onto the ground. The driver was actually naked and pulled out of the driver's side and next to the car. Went back and cut out the other child that was in the back seat, in the car seat, and said that the car seat was all in the wrong position. Uh, meanwhile, the fire's getting hotter and hotter and higher and higher. We moved the younger ones over, and the driver again, who was the naked woman, he repeated, uh, was way too close to the car, uh, and they eventually moved everybody away. But at that point, he said he was waiting, obviously, for the paramedics to get there, but I guess there were some nurses who were nearby for some reason um, and were able to help out with CPR early on. But that's a uh, – I mean, the reason it, it's, it struck me yesterday was because, you know – Woody got to see – I shouldn't say got to, had to see all of this unfold. And I know he's a dad and this affected him and uh, talked about it. Even hours later was still posting that you don't know what to Could do you, with no, that. You're, you're not you're helpless if you have no training. You're just hel- – you're helpless and you want to help, but you don't know what to do. And, I mean, just the image of two uh, – a six-year-old and a two-year-old on the side of a road right. unresponsive is chilling. And again, no explanation what was going on, why she was speeding through that intersection, why she didn't have clothes on. Was she running from something? She must have been. No drugs or alcohol involved. Well, I, I yeah, I don't – it doesn't make sense. I mean, that's a weird story that uh, for for somebody – I mean, for Woody, for example, you got to have some amount of closure on that. And he was struggling with the idea last night of not being able to know exactly how this thing played out. You know, you you want to know what happened to those kids and the condition of the kids and the mom. And, you know, unfortunately, the six year old was killed. But um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they ever come up with uh, any reason why she was doing what she was doing. We've got a state senator that is outraged at PG&E, sees what happened in October is a big screw you were his words. And this is what has to happen. People have to get this angry for there to be a change with PG&E. And just a complete uh, overhaul of a very broken system. We'll get into it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Black holes, solid ground. Black holes, solid ground. A thousand voices set them free. Because this silence is killing me. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Two jail guards responsible for monitoring Jeffrey Epstein the night he allegedly killed himself were charged today 
with uh, falsifying prison records to hide that they were sleeping and browsing the Internet during the hours they were supposed to be keeping a close watch on the prisoners. Somebody sent us an email to thank us for covering this story because of the massive cover-up that's taken place surrounding the suiciding of, uh, of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, Jennifer Williams, an aide to Vice President Pence, and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, a Ukraine specialist on the National Security Council, were the ones who testified today during the Intelligence Committee's impeachment inquiry. A little bit later, Kurt Volker and Tim Morrison will answer questions. Uh, Kurt Volker is a special envoy to Ukraine, former and uh, Tim Morris, an outgoing top Russia expert on the National Security Council. And they'll all answer questions, or those two, I should say, will answer questions this afternoon on uh, the July 25th phone call that President Trump had with President Zelensky. Did you hear this story out of Iowa City? This is a movie I would watch. A psychologist in charge of treating Iowa's most dangerous sex offenders developed an improperly close relationship with one of the violent predators. Apparently became obsessed with her. She committed several boundary violations with this patient. And his attorney says that his client was willing to kill for her. That sounds like a good movie. That sounds like. Have we already seen that movie? Well, it's in Mindhunter. (laughs) The characters were unusually close to serial killers. True. To the point where they had to feel like they were ingratiating themselves to these serial killers to extract information from them. Right. They bring them food, but not sex. Yeah, they would fake admiration <laughs> and things like that, but never, you know. They haven't interviewed a female serial killer, if that helps. That's true. That's true. I mean, who knows if they were willing to fire festival to get information Andy. about how the criminal mind works. <laughs> All right. Yesterday was a rough day for PG&E at the state capitol. State lawmakers went after PG&E for screwing up all those power shutoffs that left millions of Californians in the dark. And they went after PG&E for failing time and time again to upgrade its system over time. It was an all-day hearing with lengthy testimony from... The utilities, state officials, people from the communities affected by the outages, state senators went nuts. Bill Dodd got the headline saying, I look at what happened on October 9th as a big screw you to your customers, to the legislature, to the governor. To the governor, please. He says it requires again that questioning. Who in the hell designed your system? Well, I mean, I get his point. I understand the anger. We've talked many times about how PG&E has completely um, crapped the bed on this whole situation. But the suggestion, perhaps, that uh, the design of the system was to blame. This is a this is a system that's been around and been added to for a hundred years. I mean, that's part of the problem is that the infrastructure itself is so old for some of these different uh, uh, utilities. But what I thought was great was th- these were the three uh, utility uh, the the three. What am I trying to say here? The three utility-owned utilities, customer-owned utilities, sorry, investor-owned utilities. That's the correct term. So you've got PG&E, by far the largest in the country. You've got SoCal Edison, and you've got San Diego Gas and Electric. Now, clearly, PG&E is going to bear the brunt of this. Edison got a little bit of, you know, slap on the back of the wrist things like, hey, make sure you help the old people and the people who are 
uh, counting on medical equipment or counting on electricity for their medical equipment. And then it got to San Diego Gas and Electric, and they're like, hey, girl, what are you doing tonight? Because San Diego Gas and Electric, after that series of fires 12 years ago, realized this was an unsustainable thing, that there were going to be more wildfires. They were potentially going to be more dangerous because of the way our uh, houses are being built closer to these wildland areas. And they, 12 years ago, started a program to try to ameliorate some of the threat. So San Diego Gas and Electric comes away looking at the uh, looking like the best out of those three. Edison gets a little bit of, of hand slapping, but PG&E took it in the shorts. It is a huge financial impact when you look at these precautionary power shutoffs. In Sonoma County alone, that four-day outage last month had an estimated impact of up to $70 million. Those are businesses that are severely hurt. You know, those are small businesses in a lot of the cases that will have a lot of time or it will take a lot of time for them to bounce back from that kind of a deficit. If they do. I mean, look at some of the wineries that were impacted by this. Some of these old, long-standing wineries whose buildings are gone. Well, I'm trying to save them. Okay? (laughs) And they do appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But then you look at the just the number of of people who lost. This is – I mean, on a macro level, people who lost a refrigerator full of food. That's a couple hundred bucks worth of groceries right there that some of these people cannot afford to just absorb in the event that there's a windy day. There was one person, uh, Mike Mike McGuire, state senator from, uh, from Healdsburg, says, I've never seen food bank lines like what I saw two weeks ago. It's like what you see on television in third world countries, and it's unacceptable. And that's just, that's before you get into the issue of people who rely on electricity for their medicine uh, for their medical equipment or their medicine to stay chilled, for example. And PG&E, according to these lawmakers, has not done enough to make sure that those people are properly taken care of. Well, there could be more power outages this week. Public safety blackouts is what they're calling them. Uh, There was an updated list of potential shutoffs that was released last night, and they say that the preemptive power outages could begin early tomorrow, could affect about 750,000 people. This is in an area stretching from Santa Cruz Mountains through the East Bay and North Bay to the northern Sierra Nevada. So it looks like Bay Area counties that have been put on notice include Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, Napa, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Solano, Sonoma. You mean everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not everyone in those counties. There are smaller numbers from within there, but still, that the it's one of these. It's just the here, here we go again. And, and PG&E, hopefully they've learned from the last one in terms of how it is that they're going to keep, number one, communication still going, uh, how the phone companies are going to be informed about this, how emergency first responders are going to be informed about it, and how they're going to be able to respond to emergencies in the event that something happens. PG&E screwed this up so bad the first time, and uh, I, I would hate to be Bill Johnson right now. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get a just fine retirement when it comes around, but uh, uh, answering questions like that of these people is going to be, it would have been a rough day yesterday. All right, coming up next, Steve Gregory has a special investigation about some illegal gambling going on in Orange County. Hey, reminder, 5th uh, KFI's ninth annual KFI Postathon coming up Friday, December 6th. We're going to be broadcasting live all day from Christ Cathedral and Garden Grove with money, pasta, and sauce donations for Katarina's Club. 
Chef Bruno's charity that feeds 25,000 kids every week in Southern California. 100% of that donation is going to go directly to Katarina's Club. Go to any Smart and Final store in California, Nevada, Arizona even. Ask about the $10 KFI Pastathon donation featuring Barilla pasta and sauce generously donated by Barilla and Smart and Final products. They'll add $10 to your bill and you'll get a code for a chance to win a 13-day trip for two to Italy. Jeez. Courtesy of Trafalgar, the world's leading guided vacation company. For all the information on the Pastathon itself, all the drop-off locations around Southern California, or to donate online, go to Pastathon.com. Steve Gregory, when we come back. Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A little bit more about uh, Viva La Mexico when we uh, hit 1220. We'll talk more about your trip last night, or your trip over the weekend. And then, I guess you could say, your trip this morning back into the United States. It's been a wild 48 hours. All right. Steve Gregory has been doing some investigative reporting. Speaking of wild 48 hours, what's up, Steve? (laughs) <laughs> hey, guys. First, I want to say, Shannon, I caught some of your coverage of the city, and it was top-notch. Uh, I love your description of the of the stadium. It was uh, good stuff. Great Thanks, man. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, so um, I get a call uh, to go along on this uh, early morning raid. Now, I wasn't quite sure what I was in for, but apparently... There is a what they call an epidemic of illegal gambling operations in the Santa Ana area, and they, they uh, pose as cyber cafes to smoke shops to just simple uh, social gathering uh, places. They happen in houses and warehouses, and and today I was actually going along with cops at a raid in a strip mall on First Street in Santa Ana, just east of the Five Freeway, and it it just said smoke shop out front, very nonchalant next to Mexican restaurant, uh, dry cleaner, a burger place. And it was very interesting. And in this, I just want to play this quick audio here to kind of give you a flavor of it. We got to do something very unusual. I got to watch the person that was the first in on this raid this morning. And uh, this is uh, Oscar Lazardi. And um, this is just sound of him at the entry audio, Gary. Just play this a little bit. Kind of give everyone just pulling up in his car and getting out of his car, and this is what you hear. Glad you could start the announcements. Start the announcements. Hey, stand right here, over here, over here. There's some movement over there. Yeah, yeah, push up. Over here, let me see your hands. Pick out. See your hands. Hands up. Hey. Hands up. Hands up, sir. 
Sir, get your hands up, sir. Thank you. Wow. So sounds like a party in there. Hearing there. Yeah, I know. And it's exactly what it is. It's a wide open room in this retail spot. And it's all of these animated um, games. It's like, you know, when you, you used to sit down and play Pac-Man and Pizza Hut, maybe. Fun. It sounds like a good time. Where'd he go? He went to go play. He went to go play Pac-Man at Pizza Hut. I, you know, I don't, I don't see the problem with this. Do we not live in America where we can play games and exchange some dollars amongst friends? Yeah, but I would imagine that the drug paraphernalia on the floor is. Oh come on! What's well, a little? Who more. doesn't have a couple Who of needles hanging around? Who doesn't have a couple around? of hot rails when they're playing Pac-Man for money with their bros? That's <laughs> that's the part I don't understand is the actual nature of the game itself. Are you are you? Is it an actual like? Is it a slot machine style game? Like what kind of drugs um, are we talking some of the, about? Some of them are are like uh, you know the computerized um, slot machines that sure. are in a lot of casinos. Yeah, I love them. some of them are like that. Where is this? This is, this is, where this is, is a this big place? problem in Florida too. So, it just sounds like a nice afternoon. They're usually in seedy strip malls. You know, they're unsuspecting looking places. Perfect. Yeah. There's Steve. Paid his bill. Back Sorry in. about that, guy. No you know, uh, yeah, I've got such great service. What kind uh, of drugs are we um, talking about? Because I'm not seeing a problem with this. <laughs> uh, well, there were syringe needles on the floor when we walked in. Somebody um, might have diabetes. Uh, uh, okay. Well, they were all stumbling around. There are a lot of them. They, they call it a lot of them were just like a lot of them were sort of either drugged out or drunk. And they were all sitting in there just gambling. And there were 45 people detained in this this bus this morning. And uh, they were playing those games, as I was mentioning, those animated games where you sit down and you, you play these games. And they're like six top and eight top. And you're playing each other. And the one with the highest points gets to cash out at the end. And I guess that's the, that's the allure. That's the appeal. Sounds like a weekend at the Golden Nugget for me. I I don't know why we're going after. Yeah, uh, that's legal. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's a good point. Uh, and I brought up the same thing. And they said, they're not as worried as a, about the gambling, per se, as the element it attracts. You mean like me? Like Shannon? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Santa Ana PD. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to get Steve a new phone. The best part and... is if somebody <laughs> would have said, well, uh, Mr. Gregory, uh, the Part of the problem is the element that this uh, these types of establishments bring in. For example, have you ever seen this lady before? <laughs> Would we say lady? Well, you know what I mean. We'll He's, talk trending yeah, nice. when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Before we get into trending, why not? Why not give away a little something right now? The L.A. Auto Show is back this week, November 22nd to December 1st over Thanksgiving week. And open Thanksgiving Day also at the L.A. Convention Center in downtown L.A. A thousand vehicles, the latest cars, trucks, SUVs, including many new electric vehicles, concepts, exotic rides, 65 different vehicle debuts. You can explore the amazing selection of vehicles and activations, enjoy the show, have some fun, take a free test drive, and this is the best part. You can comparison shop these cars 
without a sales guy smelling like cigarettes trying to sell you something. Yeah, he won't go into the office next door and pretend to negotiate with the manager to knock a couple grand off. Let me just uh, let me just give your credit check here to finance and come back to you four hours later. Let me knock 40 points off your credit score. <laughs> Be caller number six right now, and you'll win a four-pack of tickets to the L.A. Auto Show between November 22nd and December 1st. 1-800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. Yeah, it's time to call. Oh, Come on, it's time, time to call. call. Let's call. Yeah. Why don't they ever tuck in their shirts either? Who? The car set. The oh, car are you guys. kidding? When my kid was selling cars, he was tucked his shirt in all the time. Yeah, he was great. But I'm talking, you know which guy I'm talking about. I do. What else is going on? The- <laughs> time for What's Happening. Well, the second week of House impeachment hearings is underway. Four witnesses appearing today. We had Jennifer Williams, who's an aide to Vice President Mike Pence. We had Alexander Vindman, who is a National Security Council expert on Ukraine. They said they found the president's call with the president unusual and improper. We're about to hear from two other individuals. You know what's amazing is I think you can go through hours of this testimony from from this morning and really come away with about three, maybe four sound bites that basically wrap all of this up outside of what we've already known. I mean, a lot of what we found out from Jennifer Williams and from uh, Alex Vindman, we knew already through the testimony that they had uh, the transcripts of their testimony from the closed door sessions. But I would say this. There was a point where Republicans have been trying to get the uh, identity of the whistleblower out there. Uh, they've said that they want the whistleblower to testify, etc. Jim Jordan, when he was doing his questioning of the lieutenant colonel today, he was asking about who the lieutenant colonel told about his concerns about the phone call, the July 25th phone call between Trump and Zelensky. And there was one specific person that he refused to identify. The assumption being Jim Jordan believed that that was the whistleblower. And he said uh, the lieutenant colonel was saying he was going to refuse to identify anybody within the intelligence community for legal reasons. So it sounded as if today they were they were trying to narrow in on who it is that is the whistleblower, at least in a public way. The other thing is, and we'll talk more about this in Swamp Watch, Wall Street journalists reported that the U.S. Army is looking at putting the lieutenant colonel and his family on a military base to keep them safe after this testimony. So, Rain, rain, rain. Rain is coming back. It is going to begin tonight. We're going to get the first snowfall hitting the mountains. It's going to be a light drizzle, they say, and get heavier just in time for our morning commute tomorrow. I don't know if you uh, you didn't get a chance to feel it. It was 90 here on Sunday. Was it? It'll be it'll be 60 tomorrow, probably for a high in some areas in the valley. So good. Rain is going to rain is definitely going to help. Um, there is a, a I don't know. If, Strange is the right word, but a sad addendum to the 2017 Vegas shooting. Kimberly Gervais of Mira Loma suffered spinal injuries in that shooting and had been recovering at a nursing facility, but she was pronounced dead on Friday. Um, An autopsy will determine her cause and manner of death, but they still credit this um, to the shooting itself as the reason for her death. More than a year ago now that that, excuse me, two years that that uh, shooter opened fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Vegas. And the the thing about that one is 
we don't even know an inkling of what led him to do that and carry out that massacre. Uh, Disney Plus accounts are uh, are going for cheap out there, actually. So Disney Plus signed up, I want to say, close to 10 million people already, which is a ridiculous number of people to sign up, sign up for a streaming service. But at $6.99, it's a good deal. Thousands of Disney Plus accounts have already been stolen by hackers and put up for sale on the dark web for as little as three bucks. Disney says they take the privacy and security of user data very seriously. No indication of an actual security breach at Disney Plus, but they haven't said exactly where they would have gotten the information. Well, remember that poultry seasoning that you strip teased in my kitchen that one evening? Yes. You mean the the poultry seasoning that's on my desk now? Right. Well, because I br- I, I brought day. it in um, when we started the show here because well you had a moment with the poultry seasoning you had a couple moments and we all were witness to them and I felt like you had something special with that poultry seasoning so I just decided to go ahead and you didn't want to keep us separated give it to you I yeah appreciate that. and so it's been sitting on your desk for what five years now four years something like um... that. Four years. Probably. It probably doesn't have the same appeal to you that it did that night on so, my counter. Says you. Even though it's probably no good anymore. Again, I don't see age. Even though the flavors have changed and McCormick and Smix is telling you to throw it out. Flavors don't change. Flavors just get better. Will you keep that on, please? He put on that. Oh, oh! I didn't even realize you were here. <laughs> what led to that anyway? Net weight: one point eight seven ounces. <laughs> Five point three grams of fine. <laughs> Seriously, what led you to reach know. into the drawer? I don't know. The poultry seasoning, place it on the counter, and then gyrate your pelvis towards it in Probably, front of several people. If I had to blame anything, I would blame uh, your husband for overserving. Oh, okay, it's his fault. Well, I've never done it you're, again, you're, have you're I? You're a girl at a frat party in my house. I've never done something like that before or since. I don't think we've had you back since. There's that too. <laughs> It's funny how you moved all the spices out of that drawer. Now it's just like sharp utensils. See if he goes for it then. It's sharp utensils and pictures of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Don't, tempt, don't tempt me. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> Please don't talk about flavors. Yeah. <laughs> My pantsuited mama. <laughs> me, yeah. Okay, Mexico City when we come back.
going to blame you for this no, forever. What is happening oh in there? You <laughs> a lot. I'm like crying. I know. You should. Uh. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live this everywhere the on the iHeart Radio. Ever put in my mouth. At least I'm not crying over football. However, it would have been understandable to cry. At oh that my football gosh! Game. Well, let's but let me talk about let's talk about Mexico City because that okay. you said Mexico City was beautiful. It was incredible. You've never been there before. No, seven thousand two hundred feet in the air. They liked to point you out guys, last night in the game. That was real. Like the altitude was insanity. On Sunday, I decided to hit the ground running. I wanted to see as much of the city as I possibly could. So I got up and I headed to the National uh, Museum of History, which is in a castle on top of a hill overlooking the whole city. And it was a parade day, a festival day. So they had all the streets um, shut down and you couldn't Uber anywhere. So you just had to walk. So I walked about 35 minutes from the hotel up this hill and I'm I'm walking up the hill and all of a sudden I'm like winded and I'm <laughs> and my heart starts beating and I'm like, am I, is this it? Is this it? Like, am I dying? And then I realized that, oh, right, this is that altitude they were talking about. And as you guys know, Coach Lynn decided to move the whole team to Colorado Springs um, for the week to get acclimated to the elevation, even though all the science says you have to spend a couple weeks to really get acclimated. And those guys last night were winded. Yeah. But anyway, so I I go up to the castle. I, I do the museum. Beautiful artwork. Beautiful architecture. Um, then I went to a couple different neighborhoods that were recommended. Chris and Carlo's wife recommended a couple of different spots, um, which were great. They had kind of like a grand central market in a smaller scale in the Roma neighborhood, um, which had beautiful center islands throughout the main thoroughfares that were just loaded with fountains and sculptures and it, gorgeous. Everyone there was so nice and kind and patient with my bad ass Spanish. I mean, it's really bad. And the accent's so bad that even when I know I'm saying the right words, they don't know what I'm saying. Right. Because it's that bad. Um, but it was a great time. The food was incredible. We went out. Matt and I went out with a bunch of people from the NFL Network. And uh, we went to, like, one of the greatest restaurants and ordered a S-ton of food. And the presentation was incredible. The most beautifully presented food I've ever seen. Everything, each dish was so different. All the flavors were so unique and so different. The mole sauce was incredible. And it was all like, you know, this this meal would have cost you in LA probably like $200 a person. It was like $60 a person. And it was like one of the best restaurants in the city. Well, clearly, I mean, clearly the NFL made a point out of this was a huge event for Mexico City. They packed that state and they were talking about 78, 79,000 people watching that game. Um, was there ever a point where you're like, I'm not sure, so sure about Mexico City? I mean, no. going into it, were you not certain about, I mean, I didn't when you're there, to, you're clearly impressed by it, but. I didn't know what to expect because the NFL put the fear of God in its people and in the team, you know, security you, wise, you don't leave, you know, yeah. your kidnapping target, the whole bit, you know, because the NFL can pay maybe that maybe that's it. Um, but I had spoken to some people that had been there and they said, you're going to love it. I'm so jealous you're going. So I really went in with the open mind of I'm going to have a great time. And I did. I, I felt safe the entire time I was there. I'll be honest, I don't know really what to expect, though, because you've likened it to Europe and to the South and to Bangkok, but with the elevation of Denver, okay. so I'm not really sure. So I just meant, Denver like, and a half. in terms of looking out over the city, Bangkok, because it's city as far as you can see. 
you know, there's just sprawl everywhere. But it was pretty sprawl. So it wasn't like Bangkok. And it was Europe because it was very European in that every corner you went around, there was some piece of art to enjoy, uh, whether it be wall art or a historical site or a world-class museum but or not, the fountains. But not as old as Europe. Um, no, more like uh, 1800s okay. type things. Um and uh, what was the other place? Uh, the South. The South because of the hospitality. Everyone there was just so kind. You just felt taken care of. You felt kind of coddled. That's nice. Yeah. And the stadium itself, the facility was good. It I mean, was massive. The, the, tur- the, uh, the turf, turf was didn't a look freaking great. dumpster fire. So what they did last year, they had to cancel the game. Remember, I think it was the Rams game. It was Rams-Chiefs, Ram- wasn't it? Rams-Chiefs. Um, and, and so what they did was they brought in like a field consultant. And this person, which a, this sounds like such a BS job, went to the field monthly, prepared reports, gave recommendations. They even planted a, 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 a sod field nearby so that they could take – parts of that grass and move it over if possible they could have replaced the whole 120 um, yard field with this farm but they didn't need to allegedly here's the thing it was in pristine fashion before the game it looked great but one quarter in that thing was torn up so i don't think it it makes a difference bringing in new sod and all that it's just damp and uh it's just going to be a problem and that's listen. And somebody's and it, gonna somebody's gonna lose their career on that field, you know. And it's too oh, bad. I think I think it gives away too much. Well, they were showing a couple of those slow motion shots where guys would try to you know plant both feet and yeah. both feet would go. That <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the one thing. It it's just makes gotta me be nervous. Just soft enough so that everything gives out. Yeah. At that point, it just makes me nervous. But it's too bad because the highest attended games in the NFL history, four of them have been at that stadium. I mean those. Fans are rabid. It was like a Super Bowl. It was better than a Super Bowl crowd. I've been to a Super Bowl where the majority of people there are not fans. They're just there with their corporations, and there's not a real great energy. If you, They didn't make Here. a big deal out of this last night, but if you watch some of the kickoffs, speaking of the thin air, they went well beyond the uh, the uprights. I mean, oh, they would have been yeah. the equivalent of like 70-yard field goals. I was watching the kickers warm up, and they were kicking 70-yard uh, field goals. It was cr- incredible. So. Good times. I highly recommend the city. It really did feel like a taste of Europe, only three and a half hours away. All right. Swamp Watch, when we come back, Gary and Shannon will continue. You can be cool. You can be shy. Say what you want. Say what you like. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Do you hear that man that stuffed all that meth in his belly button? Oh. I mean, if you're going to be 380 pounds and live in Florida, 
at least you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, but at least put like a sandwich in there or something. Are you just going to waste? Well, maybe waste all that fat fold with to hide meth. Maybe on Saturday it was a ham and cheese sandwich, and uh, by yesterday he was using it for meth. A belly button is probably a multifaceted pocket. They found a 28 gauge needle on him. Uh, anyway, I don't know how you put that in there without poking yourself. But again, uh, then I've never been 380 pounds, so so I don't know. At the top of the hour, Alex Stone is going to join us about a couple of things, um, including the ongoing public safety power shutoffs. Looks like PG&E is saying that we could see some more of them. They while we're getting. Uh, while we're going to get some rain, they are expecting to get some wind uh, over the next couple of days. So they could see another 10, you know, a shutoff of tens of thousands of people and their electricity. Uh, a couple of things are going on in Washington, D.C. That's where we're going to start our swamp watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, let's start right now. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman was testifying earlier this morning. He is a uh, Ukraine specialist on the National Security Council, and he was sitting alongside Jennifer Williams, an aide to the vice president, who was also in on that July 25th call that President Trump made with uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine. And both of these two were, for the first time, people with firsthand knowledge of the phone call. They were literally listening in on the phone call. And both of them expressed some sort of concern about what was going on in that phone call. And even if the president says, read the transcript, these two people had opinions that what he was suggesting might not have been, um, I don't know if they would say illegal, but they both said that there were problems with it. Uh, the president, first of all, says he has no idea who Alexander Vindman is. I don't know him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, as he says, Lieutenant Colonel, I understand somebody had the misfortune of calling him Mr. And he corrected them. Uh, I never saw the man. I understand now he wears his uniform when he goes in. No, I don't know Vindman at all. What I do know is that even he said that the transcript was correct. Again, you don't need to level a shot like that, that he's wearing his army uniform. He's a decorated soldier. and He's lieutenant colonel. Uh, anyway, Sean Maloney, a Democrat from New York, uh, was asking questions of Alexander Vindman. He's deeply worried about it because in his context. Uh, he's talking specifically about his father. One of the things he said in his opening statement towards the end was a direct message to his dad. Alexander Vindman, um, his father, came from Russia, uh, emigrated from Russia, where Doing something like this, blowing the whistle, testifying against a potential leader is a death sentence where his father would have come from. Context, there was there was the ultimate risk. And why do you have confidence that you can do that and tell your dad not to worry? Congressman, because this is America. This is the country I've served and defended uh, that all of my brothers have served. And here, right matters. Thank you, sir. 
little applause there from the uh, from the gallery, even though they're not supposed to do that. Are we just going to see person after person after person come before this board and call this conversation improper, unusual, and made me feel uncomfortable? Yes. And where is that going to leave us? Well, they were arguing earlier today. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Both Adam Schiff and now Nancy Pelosi have suggested that whatever happened on that phone call, this deal between President Trump and President Zelensky, I'll use the finger quotes around the word deal, was that uh, allegedly Ukraine would not get $400 million in military aid unless Zelensky came out and publicly said that they were going to investigate the Bidens. Quid pro quo, here's a deal, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, whatever. But both Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi have suggested that that may actually be bribery, which is one of the three things spelled out in the Constitution that you can impeach for, treason, bribery, and high crimes and misdemeanors. Everybody else trying to fit it into that umbrella of high crimes and misdemeanors has a whole lot more wiggle room than somebody trying to fit this into the term bribery and clearly not treason. But to your point, these are people who have opinions about the phone call. And I'm not saying that they're not Correct. I, I think it's improper what the president did or what uh, could could be inferred from the conversation of if you announce, please make sure that you announce it against my most likely opponent in the 2020 election. I think that sucks. I think the idea of us going to a foreign government to investigate our former vice president sucks. But does it rise to the level of impeachment? And I don't know. None of these people have answered that question because they can't. They can give us what their opinion is of the phone call, but that doesn't mean that any of them are any of them are going to be able to suggest to Adam Schiff this should go into an article of impeachment. And once again, Mitch McConnell over on the Senate side said, "I don't know what you guys are doing. You guys are wasting a whole pantload of time doing all of this stuff when all we're dealing with is people's feelings about a phone call that they may or may not have heard about." or conversations that they may or may not have been a part of. Did you hear about Elizabeth Warren trying to get in on the Andrew Yang train? (laughs) Oh, no. She's now taking one of his ideas and saying, well, yeah, this is something we should look at. Oh, boy. She's stealing stuff. She's stealing stuff. All right, we'll talk about that. Uh, And more about Pete Buttigieg and his continued uh, shining star, it looks like, in Iowa, ahead of the Iowa caucuses. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch in a moment. jump into this yet. You're right, Nick. That does look like a Honda Accord. We're watching a, uh, a police, chase, east, uh, police chase eastbound on the 10, sort of in the Baldwin Park area. Whoever is in that silver Accord two-door does not look like they're going very fast. There's not a whole lot of traffic. They're only going about 45 miles an hour on uh, the 10 eastbound. So, don't know exactly why it is that they uh, are chasing the vehicle except the fact that it's going 20 miles below the speed limit. So we'll keep an eye on that, see if there's anything to do 
uh, get some more information about that before we jump in and play our music and do the whole spiel. Uh, a couple of things coming up. Uh, we've got 10 presidential Democratic candidates who will be in Georgia. Debate is tomorrow. Is that right? Oh, Yo, talk man. About a, talk about a blind spot. We've got to get our drinking game in order. Ah. <sighs> I don't even know where to start with that. So just, just start drinking now if you're gonna if you're gonna watch that thing, you're gonna want to be hammered. Why don't we have a countdown clock up yet? Uh. So Elizabeth Warren <laughs> says she's open to pushing for universal basic income. Wait a minute, that's Andrew Yang's idea. She called it among the options to consider to ensure the financial well-being of Americans. She said to the Washington Post, we absolutely must raise wages and strengthen the social safety net so that every American has basic financial security. Universal basic income and universal living wages are options to consider. Uh, How dare she? uh, How dare she go into the Andrew Yang campaign closet and pull out the the tenant of his platform? What does he call it? He calls his the uh, the freedom dividend. And his is slightly different than universal basic income because it would basically, sorry, it would do away with other government assistance. You would have to choose. Either you're going to get your $1,000 a month or whatever number it comes up with. You either get your $1,000 a month or you get other federal services, but you can't combine the both of them. And uh, it just, I've said before, I just feel like it leaves out the huge, huge issue of human nature. Where once you start giving people free S, they're going to sit back a little bit and want you to give them more free S. And that that that's all that's always been my problem with that type of a of a economic theory. I can't wait for him to just sit there and raise his hands to the sky in the this debate tomorrow night and go, "What are you What are you thinking? You can't come up with your own ideas. That was my idea. It'd be a great." Uh, while you were busy. In Mexico, the president went to the hospital. Did you hear that? The president was at Walter Reed Medical Center. And and uh, they were saying he did it just on a whim. Like on a Saturday afternoon, he calls up the guys from the Secret Service. And he's like, hey, why don't we go for a drive? Let's head on over to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. It had not been listed on his public schedule. He stayed for about two hours for what White House officials said were some routine tests. He even tweeted about it and said, I started my annual medical, my annual physical routine, and I'll finish the rest of it after the the new year. His last one was back in February, I think it was. And there has not been really much discussed about what happened. The White House has said repeatedly, it's just regular primary preventative care. It's just a checkup. There's nothing to it. Others had pointed to his age. At 73, the oldest man ever sworn in as a first-term president. His lack of exercise, the only time he gets any exercise is when he uh, jumps out of the golf cart to hit the ball. No exercise that we know of, no no cardio, no healthy diet, anything like that. And his weight, that he's in at, you know, 243 pounds, he's at 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", so technically obese. A lot of people are pointing to all of this as proof that there was some sort of a medical emergency that took place over the weekend and they haven't said anything. Now, there was 
at 73, you're supposed to undergo routine colonoscopies. They're not saying if he did that. This is, I think, the probably the 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 biggest downside to having taken the office of the president is that you've got no privacy when it comes to this kind of a thing. And a lot of people are saying it's within the it's in the purview of national security. We, as an American people, are absolutely within our rights to know whether or not our president is healthy. And the White House has continued to say that he is. So following this uh, CHP driver, sorry, the CHP chase, it looks like this started in uh, uh, several miles ago, about 10 minutes ago. Now they're all the way to Covina near West Garvey, it looks like, and they are on the eastbound 10. They said that a two-door Honda Accord that's driving 40 miles an hour, they're about to exit right here, uh, sideswiped a CHP cruiser. You can't do that. And you can't do that and get away with it, at least. They said now it's in the Vincent Avenue in the Glendora area. Blake, I'm going to need your expertise in terms of figuring out where we are. They just drove by a Christmas tree farm. Do we know know where Pam is? Yeah, do you, you have an idea? Yeah, Pam, <laughs> Pam's in southern Tennessee at the moment. Okay. Ah! Do we know where John is? Well, yeah, he's he's probably doing chores. Mm. Okay. Such. Well, this is the most uneventful chase is, I've ever it is seen. Really in LA. I feel like it's going to be a woman. Oh. It's got to be their yeah. following traffic signals. Yeah. She was also doing 45 on the freeway. Yeah, it's a I was just going to go into further detail, but I stopped myself. Well, we'll keep an eye. We'll keep an eye on uh, the world's most boring chase here uh, (laughs) as it makes its way into looks like West Covina now. Stopped in traffic, just waiting. She's not going around in the empty turn lane either. (laughs) Yep, hiding behind that uh, big rig truck with at least uh, two, three CHP units behind her. You know the uh, Eastland Mall there by the Ten Freeway. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, Yeah, it's right there. There's a Christmas tree right on the island. There's an island. Island. Islands. Islands. I Islands. Love their, I love their sliders. Black pepper burger. You got to get oh, it what's well. Islands? Oh, yeah. What's good. Islands? You got to get your ass to go. Islands or some French fries. <laughs> Never ending you French fries. You those tacos? When You're we, damn right I do. tacos. And those fries, you could punch somebody in the face and take their those, fries. Yeah, those the fries. The, the, the seasoned salt. Yeah. Uh, Monica, mm-hmm. you have to go there you gotta tonight. You got to get yourself over to Islands. You got to get yourself to Islands. And the, the island decor. Hashtag not an ad. Decor? Decor. We should make our office look like islands. <laughs> decor sounds like something you drink. Decor? I'll have a decor on ice. And maybe a decor's light. Uh, it's listen. a lovely, uh, it has a lovely feel There's to it. There's islands right here in Burbank. Very comfortable. Alex Stone, we come back to the worst show on radio. Islands. Yaki <laughs> Speak for yourself. jump into this yet. You're right, Nick. That does look like a Honda Accord. We're watching a, uh, a police, chase, east, uh, police chase eastbound on the 10, sort of in the Baldwin Park area. Whoever is in that silver Accord 
two-door does not look like they're going very fast. There's not a whole lot of traffic. They're only going about 45 miles an hour on uh, the 10 eastbound. So don't know exactly why it is that they uh, are chasing the vehicle, except the fact that it's going 20 miles below the speed limit. So we'll keep an eye on that, see if there's anything to do. Uh, get some more information about that before we jump in and play our music and do the whole spiel. Uh, a couple of things coming up. Uh, we've got 10 presidential Democratic candidates who will be in Georgia. Debate is tomorrow. Is that right? Oh, yeah, we'll talk man. About a, talk about a blind spot. We've got to get our drinking game in order. Oh, I don't even know where to start with that. So just, just li- start drinking now if you're gonna if you're gonna watch that thing you're gonna want to be hammered. Why don't we have a countdown clock up yet? Uh. So Elizabeth Warren <laughs> says she's open to pushing for universal basic income. Wait a minute, that's Andrew Yang's idea. She called it among the options to consider to ensure the financial well-being of Americans. She said to the Washington Post, "We absolutely must raise wages and strengthen the social safety net." So that every American has basic financial security, universal basic income, and universal living wages are options to consider. Uh, How dare she? It's, uh, How I dare know, she exactly. go into the Andrew Yang campaign closet and pull out the the tenant of his platform? Yeah, th- what does he call it? He calls his the uh, the freedom dividend. And his is slightly different than universal basic income because it would basically – sorry. It would do away with – other government assistance, you would have to choose. Either you're going to get your $1,000 a month or whatever number it comes up with. You either get your $1,000 a month or you get other federal services, but you can't combine the both of them. And uh, it just, I've said before, I just feel like it leaves out the huge, huge issue of human nature, where once you start giving people free S, they're going to sit back a little bit and want you to give them more free S. And that that that's all that's always been my problem with that type of a of a economic theory. I can't wait for him to just sit there and raise his hands to the sky in the this debate tomorrow night and go, what are you what are you thinking? You can't come up with your own ideas. That was my idea. It'd be a great. Uh, While you were busy. In Mexico, the president went to the hospital. Did you hear that? President was at Walter Reed Medical Center. And and uh, they were saying he did it just on a whim, like on a Saturday afternoon. He calls up the guys from the Secret Service and he's like, hey, why don't we go for a drive? Let's head on over to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. It had not been listed on his public schedule. He stayed for about two hours for what White House officials said were some routine tests. He even tweeted about it and said, I started my annual medical, my annual physical routine, and I'll finish the rest of it after the the new year. His last one was back in February, I think it was. And there has not been really much discussed about what happened. The White House has said repeatedly, it's just regular primary preventative care. It's just a checkup. There's nothing to it. Others had pointed to his age. At 73, the oldest man ever sworn in as a first-term president. His lack of exercise, the only time he gets any exercise is when he uh, jumps out of the golf cart to hit the ball. No exercise that we know of, no, no cardio, no healthy diet, anything like that. 
and his weight that he's in at, you know, 243 pounds. He's at 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", so technically obese. A lot of people are pointing to all of this as proof that there was some sort of a medical emergency that took place over the weekend, and they haven't said anything. Now, there was... At 73, you're supposed to undergo routine colonoscopies. They're not saying if he did that. This is, I think, the probably the 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 biggest downside to having taken the office of the president is that you've got no privacy when it comes to this kind of a thing. And a lot of people are saying it's within the it's in the purview of national security. We, as an American people, are absolutely within our rights to know whether or not our president is healthy. And the White House has continued to say that he is. So following this uh, CHP driver, sorry, the CHP chase, it looks like this started in uh, uh, several miles ago, about 10 minutes ago. Now they're all the way to Covina near West Garvey, it looks like. And they are on the eastbound 10. They said that a two door Honda Accord that's driving 40 miles an hour. They're about to exit right here. Uh, sideswiped a CHP cruiser. You can't do that. And you can't do that and get away with it, at least. They said now it's in the Vincent Avenue in the Glendora area. Blake, I'm going to need your expertise in terms of figuring out where we are. They just drove by a Christmas tree farm. Do so you we know, know exactly where, where Pam is? Yeah, do you, you have an idea? Yeah, <laughs> Pam's in southern Tennessee at the moment. Okay, ah. do we know where John is? Well, yeah, he's he's probably doing chores. Okay, well. Such. This is the most uneventful chase I've know. ever it is seen. Really I feel like it's going to be a woman. Oh. It's got to be their yeah. following traffic signals. Yeah. She was also <laughs> doing 45 on the freeway. Yeah, it's a I was just going to go into further detail but I stopped myself. Well, we'll keep an eye suspended. we'll keep an eye on uh, the world's most boring chase <laughs> here uh, as it makes its way into looks like West Covina now. Stopped in traffic. Just waiting. She's not going around in the empty turn lane either. (laughs) Yep. Hiding behind that uh, big rig truck with at least uh, two, three CHP units behind her. You know the uh, Eastland Mall there by the 10 freeway? Everybody knows that. Yeah, Yeah, it's right there. There's a Christmas tree right on the ice. There's an island. Island. Islands. Islands. I love their their sliders. Black pepper burger. You got to get it well. What's islands? Oh, yeah. What's islands? you got to get your ass to go. islands and order some french fries. <laughs> Never-ending french fries. You those yaki tacos? When You're damn right I do. tacos and those fries, you could punch somebody in the face and take their those, fries. Yeah, those the fries. The, the, the seasoned salt. Yeah. Uh, Monica, mm-hmm. you have to go there you gotta tonight. you got to get yourself over to islands. you got to get yourself to islands. And the, the island decor. Hashtag not an ad. Decor? Decor. We should make our office look like islands. <laughs> decor sounds like something you drink. Decor? I'll have a decor on ice. And maybe a decor's light. Uh, it's listen. a lovely, uh, it has a lovely feel There's to it. There's islands right here in Burbank. Very comfortable. Alex Stone, we come back to the worst show on radio. Islands. Yaki Taco. <laughs> Speak for yourself. So you're a tough guy, like you're really a rough guy. You just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Well, they got her in custody, and we were right. Our hypothesis that it was a woman driving 45 on the highway was accurate. You could say that. I couldn't say that. I had to let you say it first. Right. But then I was like, 
Oh, yeah, it's totally a chick. When did you start hating women? <laughs> I didn't. I don't. Wait. No, stop it. Uh, look at this picture. Isn't that Aww, the greatest picture in the world? Great. I'm trying to figure out, okay, Boomer, how to post it back onto my uh, Facebook page for his <laughs> so, birthday. So do you see how it says share? Yeah, but the it arrow? shares the old post. <laughs> right, I don't want to share right the post. Right-click it. Uh, right-click this. Wait, no, like, right-click the You know what? We're going to do this in the next break. We're not going to put people through this. Okay. Okay? You sure? Well, uh, go to the, the little arrow that says share and then right-click on that. Right-click on the share. Yeah, what does it say? It says open link in new tab, open link in new window, open link in incognito window. Um, oh, Lord. Go, wait, go to options over on the right. Uh, this one. Yeah. Got it. Oh, God. Yeah. Does it say save photo or anything it like that? It says download. Uh, download. Yeah, download it. All right. And then go to your status. Yeah. Like back up here? Yeah. Up in here? Yeah. Oh, look, at that was us when, when we were on that show. Oh, hi, Alex. I totally forgot. We were doing this thing where I was trying to. It's well, my hi, son, guys. It's my son's 20th birthday today, and you've got a oh, many. Oh, happy like, birthday. Wow, 20. Trust me, Alex. You are an old man. Isn't he? That's what I said. That was my takeaway 20 as well. 20-year-old kid. Wow. You said your mean, son? If, if that Facebook thing didn't say old man. Okay. Everybody can shut the hell up. Get right off now. my lawn. Alex, let me tell you something. Your kid's almost seven. Is that right? Yeah, about okay. uh, four days away from seven. Okay, you know what? You're about five days away from 20, and you won't even see it coming. I know, I know. Getting to seven, and then for our daughter, getting to four, it's gone incredibly quickly. It's, uh, uh, okay. It happens fast. Trust me, you're in the same, you're going to be, he's going to be 20, your daughter's going to be 17, you're going to look at your wife, and you're going to go, I was. I just hung up the phone with Gary. I just was talking to Gary and Shannon about this, and boom, and I'll be talking 20. to you that afternoon, and you can call me an old man that day. That day, I will. I promise. Alex, tell us about PG&E and their old equipment, old like Gary. Yeah, well, here we go again. So another uh, big power outage. Looks like it's coming in, in Northern California. That This one looks like it's going to hit a few hundred thousand folks, uh, mainly in Sonoma County and around Santa Rosa, where they've been dealing with this for, what, two months now of almost constant uh, power shutoffs. Going to begin tonight, last couple of days, and everyone wants to give the middle finger to, to PG&E, this lady among them in Santa Rosa. God love PG&E. God love PG&E. She does not love PG&E. <laughs> She's angry at PG&E, and for many folks, uh, it's really hurting them. Trisha Davis owns a bakery. They've got 600 orders for Thanksgiving pies that they're trying to get out, and she says doing this is going to ruin them, that they've got hundreds of eggs and refrigerators that are going to go bad, and she says... We will go out and beg, borrow, and plead for, I don't know, a refrigerated truck in a parking lot? I mean, I, I don't know. We can't call people and say, I'm so sorry, PG&E has ruined your holiday. She's in Santa Rosa. She says the last power outages pretty much put her out of business, and she's just getting back on her feet right now. They're getting ready for Thanksgiving, and now they're going to shut off her power. And that other folks are saying they're stocking up on groceries, on ice, everything they can. This lady just wants to bail out of Santa Rosa. No, I'm not ready for another round. I'd like to take a vacation, fly to Hawaii and avoid it. But PG&E says they've got to do it. Red flag warnings again in uh, Northern California coming in uh, tonight through Thursday that they say they've got no other option, that uh, otherwise there could be wildfires, that they are doing what they've got to do. But uh, people, I mean, we felt it in Southern California, but really in Northern California what they're dealing with. 
they're saying enough that that the PG&E has done this enough times that there's got to be some other answer, but nobody really knows what it is. Is there any punishment for them not coming up with a better plan? I I know that Bill Johnson was before the legislature yesterday, uh, basically being taken to task for the way they've handled this. But can they do anything about it? No, I mean, they're getting slapped around by the governor and the legislature, and they're being told that they've done it all wrong and it's been mismanagement. But what's the answer right now? And then they're saying that they are working on it. PG&E claims that that they're installing the the covers on the line so that when wind blows, if it touches something, it doesn't spark anything, that they're doing the technology that if the line comes down, it de-energizes itself. But installing that system-wide, PG&E is huge, that it's going to take 10 to 15 years. So this could be the way of life for the next 10 to 15 years, but that means probably a big chunk of September, all of October, much of November for those in Northern California. That's a long time to have your power going off every couple of days, and that's what they've been dealing with this year, and this could be the future for the, the next 10 to 15 years. Awesome. Alex, thank you for your work. Appreciate it. You got it. Happy birthday to your son. <laughs> Thanks, man. Are we going to call him? Uh, he's at work right now. Well. Well, what? I mean, he could take a break. That's not what he does. Oh. I mean, I honestly we don't know. your daughter he... when she was at school. We can... I don't know if he would answer the phone. We could try. All right, we can try. All right, we'll try and do that when we come back. All right. That'd be fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gary and Shannon. He is a lively conversationist. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, weird, I hit the wall. Weird day. Weird day. Really weird day that we will always remember. Nobody Monica's there anyway. not there. No, oh, I'll do the news. If you want to. Let's see here. Uh, I will just update and say that the chase is over. It turns out that there was a... Uh, a woman or somebody who identifies physically as a woman uh, who got out of that uh, little silver Honda Accord holding a handfuls of papers, I suppose, and uh, and then was wearing driving gloves and wearing driving gloves because, you know, when you're going 45 on the 10, you got to got to really keep a grip on that wheel. We don't know what she's going through. That, you know what? She could be going through something a lot. Gary and Shannon, I wanted to read for you something that follows up on a story we did a little bit earlier, but I could also, we could try to call, uh, we could try to call oh, my right. kid if you want to. Yeah, let's do um, So earlier today, we were telling you this story about a strange car crash up in Stevenson Ranch. The reason it came to my attention was not just because I live in that area, it's because originally Woody from the Woody Show tweeted a couple of pictures on his personal Twitter account about the accident right. he i guess with a was either a witness to it or rolled up right after it had happened and i mean it was a violent single car crash where a car comes tearing through a very busy intersection hits a utility pole and a tree and basically wraps around the tree before then bursting into flames 
a bunch of people show up to the car. I mean, people that were just happened to be in that area. It's a it's a intersection that's near a super busy uh, strip mall. There's a Del Taco. It's across the street from a Coco's. I mean, it's a very busy intersection. And there were a couple of kids in the back seat of this car. There was a two year old who survived but is in critical condition, and then a six year old who apparently died as a result of the crash. And the images, Woody talked about, the Im- just seeing that can be an incredibly traumatic experience. And it was it was heartbreaking to follow through what he was, kind of what he was going through in the course of the day, not knowing what happened, not knowing at that point uh, with the condition of the kids and then the, the bad news. But a weird twist to all of it was that the mom, assumed to be the mom, in the front seat of the car was not wearing clothes. And when I guess they were able to get her out of the car, there was originally a report that she had run away and they didn't have her in custody. But then we found out that they did actually take her to the hospital and she's at uh, at Henry Mayo Hospital. Craig actually wrote in and said, I'm pretty sure they will discover that the naked woman was wearing clothing made from synthetic fiber similar to polyester. Oh, Interesting. That those types of synthetic fibers will melt very easily when exposed to heat or fire. And in some cases, they can spontaneously combust. Investigators and medical personnel would probably notice severe burns and melted fabric on her skin. But I thought that they got to her before the, the car burst into flames. That's, that was what one of the witnesses had yeah. told one of the newspaper reporters was that he was there and saw the woman in the front. Not a lick of clothing anywhere to be found. Not piled on the seat, not on her body, not anywhere. So it's still just a mystery as to exactly what happened with that um, with that car crash yesterday. Um, okay. Well, I did it. I posted that picture on my... Um, Let's call him my, and see if he answers. I don't know if I can... Let's see if I can do this on the new phone here. Is anybody else obsessed in their minds right now with islands fries and the thought of them <laughs> how come these buttons don't work oh hey look at this michael g uh, sent us a message on twitter what did he say he went to leonard's locksmith somewhere in the valley and they had the uh, gary and shannon show on oh really yeah what were we talking about i don't know but uh michael says that he was running errands and they had the uh the show on at leonard's locksmith that's pretty cool. All right, let's see if I can. Is it ringing? Is that up, Blake? Is it just me? You got it up? I don't know. There it is. All right. I feel bad that we're catching him off guard. We have though. to tell him okay. that he's on the air, too, right? right? It's legally. Right. Hello? Hey, it's your dad here on the radio. Hey. Oh, no. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday dear Calvin. Happy birthday to you. Are you, are you at work? No. Oh, I, I today. It's my birthday. Oh, I thought you had to work today. That's why I was going to call. I didn't want to call you because I thought you were going to be busy humping tires. No, no, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. I, is that what, what people do now is they take their birthday off at work? I do it every year. Oh. I do it too. Well, this is the first time I've taken it off in like, Six years, so I figure it's worth it now. Did you guys see how he did that? He was able to squeeze in the fact that he's had a job for five years by six saying years. six oh years. Yeah, by saying that he took his. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are you doing today? 
Well, I'm helping my buddy move some stuff because it's his birthday, too, and I figured we might as well work together on this. Okay, see, that is a good person right there that is helping his friend move on, on his, his birthday. birthday. What's he going to pay you? Oh, I don't know. We'll find out. That's, that, that hasn't been decided yet. <laughs> How about pizza and beer? Just an idea. He's only 20. Oh, okay. For legal purposes. Please. What? Yeah, okay. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> What'd you get for your birthday? <laughs> Nothing yet. Oh. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, I got the tickets, but that's it. Okay. Tickets? It's not tickets to the auto show. It's not tickets to Disneyland. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going, going to London. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. They're going to have the best time. I have a question. Have you decided what voice you're going to use when you're there yet? What character? No, I was thinking, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go, uh, go full, full American redneck. All right. All right. That'll work. That's smart. Enjoy, right. enjoy ordering pints of Coors Light when you're in London. That'll go over well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do they even have it out there? I'm sure they do. They do, but it's more expensive because they have to import it. So go with the local oh, stuff. Oh, so it's foreign out there. Yes, it is. It's called a uh, it's called a foreign beer, a micro brew. Heinekens are like uh, twelve dollars a piece or something. Well, that means I'm exotic out in London, so I guess that's a, that's a bonus, right? All right, super exotic with those totally Bud Lights. Exotic. All right, well, we'll see you a little bit later this afternoon. Okay. All right, sounds good. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Such a good kid. See, you did. You did good. You guys did so good. For the last six years, he's taken. Uh, he's had to work on his birthday, but now, now he's taking the day off. His old bones are, his old bones are weary. Anyway, we'll <laughs> that's come so back. funny that he's helping somebody move. You know, like that's my least favorite thing to do, and he's doing it on his special day. That is a good kid. <laughs> Tasty Tuesday with Neil Savedra. When we come back, Gary and Chan. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Been watching uh, former Ambassador Kurt Volker, or I should say Ambassador, former Special Envoy to Ukraine, uh, and Tim Morris, an outgoing top Russia expert on the National Security Council, answering questions in the impeachment inquiry in front of the House Intelligence Committee today. Earlier, Lieutenant Cal, uh, Colonel Alexander Vindman, a Ukraine specialist on the NSC, and Jennifer Williams, an aide to Vice President Pence, both of whom were on the infamous, now infamous, July 25th call, testified earlier today. A couple of uh, corrections officers responsible for guarding Jeffrey Epstein the night he killed himself, or the night he was killed, or the night he suicided himself, or how, whatever, uh, charged today with falsifying prison records. Grand jury indictment said that those two neglected their duties by failing to perform checks every half hour as required and then and then fabricating the log entries to show that they had. But the best news of the day, Motley Crue announced their upcoming reunion. 
2020 Stadium Tour with and Poison and Def Leppard. And it's going to be with Poison and Def Leppard. I cannot wait. Hey, uh, Nick. Yeah, Shannon? What's an elf's favorite kind of birthday cake? I don't know what. Shortcake. <laughs> Neil Savager joins us, host of Fork Report. That's me, our Fork Reporter. I actually uh, greatly appreciate, I don't think we did this this early last year, talking about the things to do in preparation for what Thanksgiving is and can be at your house. Now, I'm thankful my wife and I, we're not hosting this year. But you guys have. Uh, but we have in the past, and these types of things can be a huge deal. Whether it's just simply something like cleaning out the fridge, getting that oven clean, making sure you got all the pieces and pans and pots and all that sort of stuff that you're going to need so that you're not stuck on late Wednesday night next week going through and trying to figure out how it is you're going to be able to or find get, six turkey gravy. bags. Yeah, and, a, and a gravy boat. And a gravy boat. <laughs> yeah, and you're going, where do I get them? Uh, another great thing, and I was mocked by my wife when we did this, uh, when we were hosting one year, and I um, set the table two days in advance. <laughs> my mom does that. But a part of it is show, isn't it? I mean, it's it's nice to, well. Well, it, part of it is just it's something you can do ahead of time because there's is. so much to do at the same time that anything you can do pre-day, exactly. do it. Exactly. You're dealing with, you know, perishable food, non-perishable food. You're dealing with a lot of juggling. You get it done. And also, I like to um, spend a little time on those napkins. And uh, Oh, you're yeah, one you of those do. guys. Yeah. I like to make sure that they have – they give a statement. I like to put all of my napkins into uh, origami cranes. <gasps> See, but you're more talented than I. That's, I that's a lot. I can't do that. But I can do a standing fan. Hey. Yeah, you can. Hey, yeah. let me just say this. You, you put in that time on the cruise ship. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with those napkins. Yeah. I think you just put yeah. your mind to it. By the way. Yeah. Actually a website. Um, uh, full, uh, napkinfolding.com, I think. I think that's what it is, but I'm not sure. Anyways, I gave it on the show this past weekend. Gives you like all of them. Like all of them, and you can you you know you press them, get them clean, do all that stuff, and oh oh God no, ne- Neil, that's a terrible site to send people to. Oh wait wait what? That was not that's, the right. I one. didn't know that napkin meant that. <laughs> no, that wasn't the right. Twenty nineteen <laughs> is a weird time, guys. <laughs> Look on her face. No, I'll get the I'll get the right one for the next segment. Uh, but yeah, learn to fold your napkins. Hashtag also, two uh, hours of sleep. Yeah, lemon party. It's been a good day. Um, <laughs> oh, is that meringue? No. Uh, okay, here's. Gary, <laughs> oh, here's, what? Oh, you just got in trouble. Here's here's another tip. If yeah. you pull them out, and this happens more often than than not is um, napkins or table runners that you used last year. And maybe you had candles on waxes melted on them. Um, You don't always need a new one. Uh, There's a little uh, trick that you can do. Get an old Terry cloth towel that you don't care about. uh, Put it on top of 
the runner and then put a hot iron on it. Don't put the hot iron directly directly on the wax. It'll ruin the iron. Um, don't let it seep through. You want to have many layers of the terry cloth, and that will absorb the melted wax. And a lot of times that will do the trick, and you're golden, and it's still good. If not, you're screwed. I, I did that on a baseball hat one time. Don't ask me why I had a candle on my baseball hat, but I got wax what? on it, and I, had to, I got to take it off with an iron like that. That's interesting. What were you standing? Was that a wedding? It was in my wife's a wax bird. <laughs> it was in my <laughs> wife's purse again. It's a long. It's not worth it. But yeah, it works, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a good way just to to check your stuff. But that's the stuff that you should be looking at now. What happens is people go to Thursday morning. Yeah, right. and then they go, oh well, this well this sucked. this ruined everything because the gobble gobble tablecloth is ruined. Uh, what about? What about the um, alternatives for people who might be trying to cut back a little bit? Just on the calorie. I mean, listen. Okay, here's. I love it because I love the food coma feeling at the end of Thursday night. You worried about the calories? Don't not have on, no. Not don't have enough. as much dark meat. Have some white meat. There's your alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> These people. I mean, seriously. Do you want to go strength. to someone's house that is going to have no? Now, if you have. Someone I don't would, like it when people switch it up and get no, creative. No, you give I, me the Thanksgiving I've had for my entire life. Exactly, yeah. that's what's programmed in your head, and that's what you're expecting, and that's what your you know salvation gland, uh, sal, sal, salvation salivary glands. glands. Yeah, it's a different. Show. It's well, Jesus. No, Jesus has salvation glands. I'm like, that's Jesus. <laughs> that's the J. That's the J Man deal. That's the J Man. Woo. Hallelujah. Good time. Two hours of sleep in Mexico. No, the sleep wasn't in Mexico. The sleep was here. There's no sleeping in Mexico. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, you've got to keep all those things in mind. Obviously, people might have dietary restrictions. However, uh, don't get weird. If you really want to experiment, and 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 I get that because I like to cook, do it with the appetizers. Do it with things you're going to pass around at the beginning. Um, have fun with those. If there are people, there are plenty of great things you can do to um, dishes to make them vegan or vegetarian as far as side dishes. Right. Um, and then have an alter, uh, you know, an alternate that people can have if they're going to be vegan or they're vegetarian or they're, I don't know, lactose intolerant, whatever it might be. You could also save... The trouble of that and just not invite those people. Right. I would never invite a vegan over on Thanksgiving. That's just that's just a challenge that I don't need. You know, you're already feeding enough meat eating people. You got to do a whole separate menu for the vegans or, you know what, tell them to bring their own stuff. Right. Wow. That's that's polite. Hey, it's the J-Man, everybody. Hey, who answers those tip lines on Thanksgiving, like the Butterball line and all that? Is you know, there the Butterball line originally started out? Uh, I think of the 80s, and you had like five people answering. Wait, can we do this when we come back? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I'll tell you how many answer now and how many freaking calls they get. Okay. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. Neil Saavedra, host of The Fork Report, has joined us. More Thanksgiving stuff when we come back. Yeah, we might be a candle in the wind, but let's pretend we're brand
Jerry and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Reminder to go check out Pastathon.com, our ninth annual Pastathon coming up on Friday, December 6th. We'll be broadcasting live all day from Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, collecting money, pasta, and sauce for Katarina's Club, Chef Bruno's charity that feeds 25,000 kids every week in Southern California. Do not, do not miss out on the opportunity to go to a that Smart and Final store all over the place. You can also win 10 bucks, basically. 10 bucks, and you get a donation featuring Barilla pasta and sauce and uh, donated by Barilla and Smart and Final products. Add 10 bucks to your bill. They will also give you a code for a chance to win a 13-day trip for two to Italy, courtesy of Trafalgar, the world's leading guided vacation company. Well, okay. thanks. Uh, on that note, really yeah. quickly, I will be broadcasting live um, from a Smart and Final in Los Angeles on the 30th. So uh, that's Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think it's the one there at like Pico, Pico and Olympic near the 405. Um, but I'll be broadcasting out there. Bruno's going to be, Chef Bruno's going to be out there. And we'll be promoting uh, the Pastathon. And people can come out and donate there if they wish. Or come out and see uh, Bruno and say hello. The old Butterball Hotline, uh, which I guess apparently is now a Shmamexa skill. It's, uh, you can t- yeah. you can go through Alexa. Sorry, Shmamexa. To, nice uh, job. Now, to call the people from Butterball. Now she's going, what's a shmamamexa? <laughs> um, so y- they start out in the early 80s, I think it was, with um, five you know, people manning and womaning the phones. And they took yeah, 10,000 calls. They're up to 50 people uh, answering those phone lines. And one... <gasps> 100,000 calls. 100,000 calls. So what does that say about us as a people? That we can't figure out our turkeys. This is fear. You know, Shannon, you and I had this conversation before about um, it is... Lack of confidence? Yes. It's intimidation (laughs) and it's like math. You ever know the answer, but you you second guess yourself because, well, I can't be good at math. So if you remember something, you know, math is mostly memory. You go and, and you... Have it in your head, but you're not going to raise your hand. It's the same thing with cooking. People, if you stop looking at as at, at a ta- as a task that you don't understand, and start looking at as to what you want. I want crispy skin. How do I get crispy skin? Make sure the skin is dry. Make sure you put butter on there or oil. Same same way you get just crispy skin on your own body. You know, it's like <laughs> put put oil on it and, and sit underneath the hot thing for a while. <laughs> Um, you know, make sure it's cooked without drying it out. Make sure there's ways to moisturize it. And that means not super, super high heat for long periods of time. All these different things that you, you, if you think through it, you'll get it right. You know, you you can, you, you understand yourself. Yeah. Trust yourself. Um, but a lot of people just want that confirmation, what I say, confirmation, not information. Totally. They just want someone to say, you're right. You're on the right track. And uh, mostly people's instincts are right on, but you need that little help. We get tons of them. I will be live for Bill Handel again this year on Thanksgiving morning answering people's questions. And they come from the technical going, hey, what, you know, how should I do this to um, the kind of, um, you know, friend advice like, hey, I've got an acorn squash. I, I don't know why I bought it because I don't know what to do with it. 
Give me some idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's something fun uh, to do with it. There are there are hotlines for just about everything, not just the Butterball, but Foster Farms, clearly for turkeys and birds. Yeah. Sort of. Crisco Pie Tips, uh, Fleischmann's Yeast Bakers Hotline, King Arthur's Bakers Hotline, um, but Ocean Spray. Well, this is – you know what's funny because I thought of you? Ocean Spray <laughs> that makes cranberries. Right. Uh, ah. you, know, you can get uh, Ocean Spray cranberries. The thing that cracked me up is like Gary would call and go like, how do you open the can? How do I get more? <laughs> yeah. How can I get that sucky sound when it comes out louder? <laughs> like um, – so I, I you put them dents around my yeah, turkey too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically they, they give out like uh, King Arthur flour. Fantastic! You ever have any baking question? Go to their websites or their social media. They're fantastic. Do you notice how he's telling flour. me where to go so I don't right. call him yes. every time? No, I'm oh. always flattered. I enjoy I enjoy <laughs> that. With the, that. My number. mom calls me, and I learn to bake from her. Yeah, I mean, but you I love your mom. I, right. I like. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, I tolerate Shannon. Oh, that's um, the nicest but, thing someone said to her all day. Those, uh, those types of things are fun because I love talking food. I don't just do it. It's like, hey, sister, call on Saturdays. You know, it's not handle. You True. Know, uh, uh, no legal advice unless I'm on the air. It's just talking food for me. It's not my business. Handle. Can I'm not a D. <laughs> no, but your questions are always funny. Uh, I'm French tipping some. Uh, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, pitch Movember, too. Oh, Movember. I haven't. Uh, I, I, I shave my mustache. I usually just keep my Van Dyke, right? And. Uh, but I'm growing my mustache out. Hey, that makes you want to come up and go, are you growing your mustache? I go, yes, help men with health things. Yes. You don't yeah. look well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't look. <laughs> so if you want to help out, uh, Mo Kelly is the team leader for KFI, and I'm uh, backing him up and excited about it. We're just raising money and awareness for men's health issues, including mental issues, because men – uh, don't take care of themselves, and even worse, don't tell anybody that they're sick. So we need to motivate them to do that. Go to Movember, that's November with an M, Movember.com forward slash KFI. It will come to our page. Mo's up there. I'm up there. Uh, Nick uh, Paliokini. Pel- yep. yep. I always, it just It's a tough roll, one. Um, is up there. Donate if you could. I'd be honored if you donated under my name, and we're just going to raise some money there. It'll be fun. Movember.com forward slash KFI. Thank you, Neil. Neil Saavedra, our Fork Reporter, Saturdays 2 to 5 right here on KFI. We've got John and Ken show coming up next. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Well, bye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't.